0: Welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast, your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Fáilte. Hi, hello and welcome. It is John O'Sullivan, the Irish Pagan School, and we are here with our weekly check-in, coffee talk and chat. Although I will confess it's tea there today. So um, I did a video not so long ago about inviting the good neighbours in. Someone was wondering about what's the protocol on having them into their house and just to, you know, spoiler alert, um, don't. All of the Irish folklore are about not having them in your house. But there was a comment on that which was about ancestors. And what about inviting ancestors in? So I thought I'd answer to that and speak a little bit to that today. Um, But before I do that, I'd like to invite you to pop on down in the description, grab on that link that we have there and join our mailing list. What it also does is it gets you a free download of a really, really good list of really good list of resources or a really good list of good resources or a list of really good resources (laughs) that we recommend at the Irish Pagan School for exploring your spirituality and your path and your growth. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of old information, appropriated information out there, just We've we've had to struggle through a heck of a lot. So being able to point out, you know, these are the things you really want to be looking at in your pursuit of Irish paganism, you know, is a value. So that's what we have that there. And the rest of the value really is you're on the mailing list. You you get emails from us a couple of times a week letting you know what's going on, you know, what kind of upcoming classes we have at the school or, you know, um social hangouts that we do, anything like that at all. So um please do join us on the mailing list. But to get back to that question, very interesting question. What's the protocol on inviting ancestors in to your home? And it's it's a very interesting one from an Irish perspective, and it's actually quite topical for where we are in the season. As I'm recording this, we are approaching Samhain, which is the end of October, start of November, and that is the end of the pagan year, if you couldn't tell by the pumpkin pinata behind me. But Samhain is an interesting, fascinating time in Ireland, because as much as we talk about a large amount of traditions surrounding the other crowds, surrounding you know the good neighbours, the faith folk, the, the she, um, and how it's offering a, a portion of the abundance that we have received to them, as is their due, um, and also defending our children from being taken by them. By the way, folks, just to... Yeah, actually, yeah, the the modern tradition of Halloween, dressing your kids up as monsters, um, comes from Samhain, And it was a belief that if your child was dressed to look like an otherworldly creature or a monster of some shape or form, then it was less likely to be taken by creatures of the other world. And so that's where that tradition comes from. It wasn't about going around and mucking kids for candy or like, you know, like trick-or-treating or egging people's houses or... Toilet paper and trees aren't like that at all. Also, don't get out the trees. I love trees. OK, maybe toilet paper is biodegradable, but still. Um, it's it's important to know where these things come from. And the the intention was that you, you would actually dress your children up to save them, to protect them from being taken. Um, because at seven, things are said to be closer than they normally are at other times of year. Um, it, there, people use this kind of thinning of the veil term, um, but that is a a slightly more modern term uh, to try and get an understanding of it. Like the other world is very close in Ireland and in Irish traditions and Irish culture. There might be just places you could literally step on the wrong piece of sod. You could actually turn down the wrong lane. You could step into a, a ring. You could touch the wrong tree and suddenly you're in the other world. So a lot of our mythology and a lot of folklore talk about how to extract yourself, how to get away from those dangerous circumstances um, and how to kind of to balance that out. Um, again, there's, there's good and bad. We have a, an amazing teacher at the Irish Pagan School, Morgan Daimler. They've written loads of books about this and they've taught a couple of classes with us. We're honoured to have them there. Um, Laura has also written books about, like you know, the, the fairy faith in Ireland, the other crowd. Um, there's a lot that can be learned. But we're talking, I'm getting off track, so I need to get myself back into Ancestors and in Seven. Because ancestor belief does exist in Ireland. Now, I know there are many other cultures um, around the world which have, you know, very specific days or very specific practices about summoning back ancestors or making space for ancestors. But a lot of them tend to revolve around food and, you know, honouring them, remembering them, making space for them to return into our lives. And there is a tradition of that in Ireland as well. It's called the Dumb Supper. And so it would be done at seven, and it was essentially setting an extra table, an extra seat at the table with like all the dishes. Sometimes maybe the good dishes, <laughs> and dishing up a portion for any ancestor who would want to come and sit. Now there are a number of different ways that this tradition would be practiced. In some, in some, some traditions say that you have to prepare the entire meal in silence, as a a, a way of. Making like the place ready and like you know clearing space, like remembering silently remembering the departed and the ancestors. Others were that the meal had to be consumed in silence. So like everyone would sit around the table and like no no there would be no noise as people would eat their dinner, um and then that the meal would remain there until the next day, um and that's when you know it to make space for the ancestor to have come and to have been seated, um. the idea of having my family sit around the table and get five minutes of silence, you'd be lucky. You really would. And um, it really does come down to the type and the connection and the relationship with the ancestor. Um, Like if it was my mammy's mammy, absolutely. It'd be raucous laughing and joking. She would be the one to tell some of the worst jokes. I absolutely loved Katie Daly for that. Um, If it was my Nana Mary, things might be a little bit more reserved. My dad's mammy. Um, but like she was always one to laugh, and all of them one for the time. So, um, it is about knowing the the person that you're inviting to dinner, and that is what it is. It's about making space for that connection of ancestry within it. Now, there's a lot of nearly every Irish home will have some photograph gallery up of well, here's like you know my dad, here's my granddad, here's my granny, you know, here's the grandkids, here's the cousins. You know, invariably, like my mom actually has a, a wall dedicated to what she calls it the shooting gallery because it's like there's there, there, there. You walk in, you get the stories. Um, But like it's it's those who are gone beyond the life are not lost to us as long as they are remembered. And one of the amazing things that we know about Irish kind of mythology and even down to actually here, here's a, a lovely fact that I enjoy and it still tickles my brain. There are four story cycles in Irish kind of academia, Irish lore, and um, there is a the mythological cycle dealing with the Dé and the, the arrival of people into Ireland, dealing with all of that kind of stuff, the gods. There's the Ulster cycle um, surrounding all of the, the Thorn, Tombauculnia, Tombauculnia, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the the warrior culture at that point. Then there's the the Fenian cycle, which is um, all the stories around the Book of Leinster, around like Fianna et etc. But that fourth cycle is the cycle of kings, and the cycle of kings pretty much is a glossary or a list of lineage. And this is where we've moved from the mythological to the pretty much historical, as we have records of all of these individuals kind of being documented as, as kings in Ireland. But it's not just that they're a king in Ireland, it's also what they were notable for, what they were famous for. Um, and we know from all of the the legal circumstances, the Breton laws in Ireland, no one got to have a say in any kind of gathering of nobles or kings unless their lineage was listed out beforehand. And your lineage wasn't just, yeah, hi, I'm John, son of Jack and Carmel. It was, hi, I'm John, son of Jack and Carmel. Jack, son of Ned and Mary. Carmel, like daughter of um, Tom and Katie. You know, and then you'd have to go back to like your most ancient, famous ancestors to say, you know, this is my right to to speak here in this land because I am of this land. I'm of this tribe. I'm of this to it. So the recognition of our ancestry is it, not. Um, it's practiced differently here as as to what I've seen in some other cultures um, because it's about, and I touched on this in other videos as well, it's about who are you? Who are you and where do you come from? And that's not a case of like, who are you? And like, you know, get the fuck out or like that. It's, it's not from a racist point of view, but unfortunately, some people do use it that way. It's like, oh yeah, you're not, you don't look like you're from Ireland, Get go the fuck home. I have no time for that. Racism is racism and it just shows ignorance and fear. Um. But you will find, like, you know, in Ireland, people will ask, oh yeah, who 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 are you then? Or like, oh, so where where are you where are you from yourself? You know, and that's trying to understand like what people are you from? You know? Like, you know, what locality did you grow up in? Like, you know, do I know anyone in that area? And it's those like we joke about this seven degrees of separation between any two people on the planet. Any two people in Ireland, it's probably like three or four, like, you know, you'll find, oh, yeah, sure, I was up. I'm not sure I know, blah, 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 somewhere down this location. Or I know someone in Dublin who grew up around the road from here, you know. So I've had that happen multiple times and it's joyful. But as far as ancestors, um, ancestors definitely have a place in Ireland and in Irish practices and Irish homes. Um, Ancestor worship is a little bit complex because ancestor worship can cross the line into let's be honest Ireland was very much colonized by the Catholic Church and so you know you, you, you should believe in God you should believe in the angels you, you're allowed to believe in the saints you know but I light a candle for my granny but you light that in the church for Mary and like you know it's Mary who look after granny. Like so the, there's a lot of tradition there that's put itself in between um like the the direct relationship that we would have with our ancestors and our spirituality you need to like you know pray to Mary to intercede on your behalf with your granny um whereas for me and my my for my relationship with both my grannies i I would have no problem just talking to them directly whenever I need to um and that's one thing that, you know, I, I have found in my pagan path that like, I don't need someone to come between me and my gods. I don't need someone to come between me and my ancestors because I am part of them. They are part of me. I exist because they loved and lived and kind of passed on their knowledge and information down to myself. So, you know, remembering those names and honoring them is, is, is living the best life I can in some ways. Um, but it's not very far. There are lots of graveyards around Ireland as well. And there was another interesting question about, like, you know, graveyard practices, like the very famous one being the wake. You know, when someone actually passes and not many places actually do it much these days, but, you know, there's the viewing really and where a body is kind of taken and prepared and then it's left to sit. And most times that's done in funeral homes these days. But there are still some places where the person would be laid out at home and then the wake would happen and a wake was the doors would be opened and anyone in the community in the local area would come in and it was their time to sit to the dead and to, to acknowledge their passing and to like remember with them but it wasn't like always a solemn affair either you know there would be another room where someone would be playing some music and someone would be like you know passing around some food and drink and there would be like a bit of a party to reminisce about like you know the the life that the, that individual had lived and how amazing it was and how great it was um and so that that's the tradition of the Irish wake. Um there were many kind of death traditions around, you know, well, okay, I I don't want to spin us off into like um full on kind of like death traditions in Ireland. I may actually end up teaching a class on this soon enough. Um but as far as ancestors go, inviting them into your house is is safe because you know we are descended of them, they are of our lineage. Um but again, though, there needs to be health and safety considered. Like, um, and that's why times like Samhain, preparing a dumb supper, it creates a space for the interaction. It creates a space for to honour that. And much like any kind of ritual practice, it needs to have a preparation. It needs to have a, a, a space to be held for it for it to to work. But then it does need to be closed and it does need to be let go, because those who are, are dead and beyond are, are are beyond for a reason. They don't need to be brought back and. Kept here, um, and so like clearing away the dumps up at the next morning is kind of showing them gratitude, saying thank you very much, and you know allowing them to go carry on back to their own journey. Um, the other thing I would say is that the Irish tradition does include um, Irish paganism. Sorry, does include transmigration of spirit in that, like you know, the, your 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 energy or your spirit that's incorporated, incorporeally manifest in your physical form isn't destroyed when you die it it changes and it can it can come back in different ways um and also there's lots of lovely kind of mentions of say bees or robins or birds as kind of messages of those who have passed on like coming to kind of share and um, when my granddad tom died a robin kind of kept coming to my my granny katie's garden um and now since she has passed anytime i see a robin it it reminds me of that, and it reminds me of her. Although I have actually had robins literally kind of come to the doorstep here on the in the house. I was in the car, I I pulled into the drive. I hadn't gotten out of the car, and I saw a robin fly down, and land on the doorstep, and knock on the door. And I was like, "What? This this is weird." And then I realized the robin was like kind of pecking at some bugs that were on the door. But like I then tried to take a photograph of it, and the robin stopped because it saw my movement, and instead of flittering away, it just stood and looked at me for a minute. And that's when I had the memory come back of like, you know, well, Katie said that Tom would always come back. And I wondered if that was kind of Katie sending me a message that she was coming back and just knock it, let no know, know I'm all right. Um, so, yeah, as far as kind of ancestor spaces, if you are going to engage in ancestor worship, do it within a controlled environment. like um. Same kind of ritual protocols imply, you know, create a space for it, make an altar space, you know, make offerings if you choose choosing to make offerings. Uh, if you want to engage with your personal ancestry and a dump supper is an easy way to do that at a very particular time that it suits that. Um, and one thing I would say, though, is engaging with your ancestry can be challenging because I talk very fondly about Nana Mary and Katie. I'm fond of Tom but my grand, my dad's dad, Ned, wasn't the greatest. Um, he had a lot of PTSD from being in the army, being in the wars in 1916, and um, he didn't deal with it well. He 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 was one for the drink in our, all of the Irish bad Irish stereotypes. And so, yeah, like, but he's still my ancestor. That's still part of me. That's still part of my like my lineage. That's still part of what I am. And. As much as we like, would love to be able to, oh, well, I'm going to set this out and I'm going to invite in my my favorite granny and all the rest of it. We need to make space for the other aspects of the story that make up who we are. It's the same as doing shadow work. It's the same as kind of approaching any form of growing in our spirituality. We need to be open to the, the broader narratives of it all and um, be brave enough to face what we need to face. So with that, I will say, Gaurav Milamahigas, thank you very much for sharing with us today, for joining us for today's chat. Um, I will say again, don't forget to pop down, click on the link, join the mailing list, get that free resource. And again, you'll get a couple of emails from us a week, letting you know what's going on and reminding you when these resources, free resources are coming out. Until next time, look after yourself and salon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enrol in one of our free or paid courses. Slán fóill, and we will see you next time.